right, so welcome back to Untranslated Islam. This is your brother, Ben Yusuf. And as we do, we dig, find things of benefit that haven't been translated, translated in English, and we benefit from them together. Okay? We've been talking about, because we've been saying a lot about people having difficulty or struggling with just trying to provide for their families nowadays. All the different layoffs and people are getting decreases in salary and all these different things and looking at statistics and seeing like people are suffering from anxiety. There's some some uh, outlets or some sources say, excuse me, that 250 million worldwide are suffering from anxiety or this is what's recorded, of course. And of course, we know with everything, the numbers are based on who says something and it could be a little up, a little down, um, a little more or a little less. But uh, the same thing with um depression same thing with suicide is recorded that maybe 800,000 people commit suicide yearly so the point is 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 that it's it's impossible for that to happen around us and that idea or mind state is not affecting us to some extent so we need to renew our islamic mindset Sometimes I remember the situations that we're in. And I'm saying this because I remember growing up around people and a culture that because people were struggling, they use it as justification to do things. And I'm talking about mostly non-Muslims, but Muslims fell victim to this of robbing people, of selling drugs, of um, using drugs, of drinking syrup. Uh, all these different things that do you that we know they've reached all the communities now. But when we were young, they were only in the quote unquote uh, middle middle class communities and like this. And now they've reached everywhere. Okay, so the point is is that we need to remind ourselves where we're supposed to be as Muslims. And we talked about a few different things already. But today I wanted to talk about or in this sitting talk about. The importance of staying away from anything that's not halal. And it comes in many different stories, many different, uh, it comes in many different forms. Okay. So sometimes you have people that, like I just said, they'll literally go and do something that they know is wrong, but they grip into that extent. They'll go and steal something. And in Islam, stealing something is very serious with Allah to the point that you get your hand cut off for a small portion of something that you stole. There's no justification in that because you have to trust that Allah is going to give you your provision. And there's been situations with the Prophet himself and the Sahabas where they were so hungry as they did, as I think we mentioned before. The Sahabas came kind of complaining and lifted up their garment to show that they had a rock tied around their uh around their 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 stomach in order to hold their stomach and so it would be in hunger. And then the Prophet lifted up his garment to show them he had two rocks, you know, wrapped around his joint to, to hold your stomach, and that's what they used to do back in the days. Uh Abu Huraira, Abu Huraira, he chose to go that life because he wanted to stick close to the Prophet, but he chose to go there, and as a result, he had to deal with the poor with uh, the poverty of what that took. And there were situations at times he said where he fell out and started having convulsions um in the masjid, and people went and put their a spoon in his mouth or something to hold his tongue down, put uh, something on his neck. And they're thinking that he's having seizures because he has epi epilepsy. And he said, and I swear, I swear to God, it was just from extreme hunger. So my point is, is that people go through different things, different times. And I'm saying those things that say, none of us go through that now. The majority of us are in situations where we don't go through that now. So the things that we go through, we have to learn to be patient with and understand that Allah, he gives and he taketh. He giveth and he taketh away. What is one of those 
things that we heard when we were growing up, but he gives or he has out there the sufficient or uh, a means or provisions to suffice everyone. We just have to, as we said before, shake the trees and get them. So anyway, it's a hadith that I wanted to share with you guys, or just a portion of a hadith. And this portion of this hadith is a statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where he said, وَلَا يَحْمِلَنَّكُمْ the Prophet said, he said, and don't you ever let the fact that it's like something's is like it's coming slower than you want. Okay. It's coming slowly. So just because the provisions is not, are not coming as quickly as you want, don't you dare ever let that allow you to justify to go into the displeasure of Allah. Because he said, in the law, because you will never get that which is blessed from Allah, not in this world, nor in the next world, unless you remain in his obedience. Okay. There is no situation where your justification or where, or where your uh, salvation is in going into the displeasure of Allah. He's watching all the time. He knows what you need. He knows when you need it. Okay. And so it reminded me of these ayats. Um, and the ayat are in Surah Shura. Beautiful ayat. I'm going to read them to you. Allah Jalla says, explaining the, the wisdom and why he holds back the provisions sometime. Okay. He said, Walo Allah. And this is Surah Shura, ayat 27 and 28. Okay. He says, and if Allah Jalla if he was to stretch out the risk for his slaves to give everybody all that they wanted and then some, let the go fill out. They would transgress the bounds in the earth. But instead, he gives it down in portions. He gives it down in portions. Okay. He controls how much he gives to keep people in, you know, keep people in a good situation constantly because that's the nature of mankind. You have too much, you get too lackadaisical. You know, you have too much. You don't appreciate what you got. Okay. And the proof of that, we can always go back to, there's so many lessons in the story of our father, Adam. And I'm sure Allah going to bring this whole, it's a whole portion, the beginning of a book that Ibn Al-Qayyim wrote called Miftah Dar Sa'ada, the key to the, the, the keys to the, to the home of happiness, the keys to the home of happiness, Miftah Dara Sa'ada. And in the beginning of it, he talks about the different wisdoms of why Allah Jalla sent Adam down to this world after being in Jannah. And one of the statements that he said was, because a person knows or appreciates something, after knowing his opposite. Okay. Sometimes you'll have all that you have. You know, the guys, the people that we grew up with or people we knew who grew up with a, a silver spoon in their mouth, as we say. Okay. Those people sometimes don't know how it is to not have. Once they don't have, then they appreciate what they had. And I think all of us have been in that situation, whether it was a good car, whether it was a good spouse, whether it was some money, a good job. You use it and you waste until you don't have it. And then you say, man, I wish I had. Yo, even when you go to a, <laughs> even when you go to a, a, um, a, to a, 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 a get together or something and 
it was different foods and stuff. You said, I'm just going to try this, try that. They said, you can take some with you and you know, take it with you. And then I know everyone has gone through this. One or two days later, you're like, yeah, I wish I would have taken it. Some kind of way after those get together, sometimes you always find yourself in a situation where you might be hungry. It's like, yo, I should have took some of that food. Word up. My point is, is that Allah puts these situations in life to show you your arafushayunbibuddi. You recognize something by knowing its opposite. So Allah Jalla in its infinite wisdom, he doesn't just give it all to us, as he said in this ayah, but instead he gives it uh, in portions. He makes sure that he measures it in a way that will keep us in his pleasure. All right. Uh, then he says, Okay. And, 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 and then after, of course, he does it in portions. Sometimes he holds back. And then he's the one that sends down the ghaith, which is the relief. Those people who make the duas of subah al-masa and masa of the morning and, and evening. One of those duas is, uh, ya hayu ya Oh, uh, Al-Qayyum, the ever-living, self-sustaining, all-sustaining, by your mercy, I ask you for a relief. This is where this word comes from. Okay? Which means he sends down the reef, the, the, the relief. After the people have fell into despair, it's like, I don't know where it's going to come. I don't know when it's going to come, how it's going to come. And now you know the opposite and appreciate it more because when he sends down a relief after you don't have, you appreciate it more. You don't waste it. You use it wisely. Okay. So the point is, is that this is one of the benefits or the, 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 um, this is one of the wisdoms of why Allah does this. Cause people say, well, what kind of God is this? You know, you hear these people say things and it's like, and may Allah keep me far away from ever saying or thinking like that because it's just out of a lack of knowledge. Why does God let these things happen? And why does God let people this? Number one, when it comes to other people starving us, or, or what we already talked about, is because of our wrongs. We're supposed to take care of them. There's supposed to be a system in the entire world that allows that anybody that's poor needs to be taken care of. And no, I'm not talking about some new world order mess, but it's the truth that we should have things in place that anybody in need they had a program that was that's what it's called no no uh no hunger or something like that no no child in need or something or no child hungry program and they were trying to do it across the world to make sure no one was hungry as a world society we're supposed to have that in place as muslims we're supposed to be the head of that or part of the head meaning like encouraging it being part of the head uh, even if we're volunteering our time to make sure that we do part of that because that's our responsibility as people who are supposed to be righteous. So when these things happen, they happen because of us. We have to try to correct them and help to the best of our ability, but we have to understand that Allah put it out there for everyone. So we have to trick, shake the trees for ourselves, shake the trees for our families, for the community, and uh, and then like that. Huh? So the point is, is that those these are the ayat that I thought about to remind people, and this is again short, short, sort of shorter. I had twenty, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, twenty-seven and twenty-eight. Go look at that, and maybe we'll do the tafsir on it at one time or another. But those are the things that I thought about when I was reading this hadith. The importance of if the risk or provisions are coming slower than you want, 
There's no justification for you to say, well, my daughter need to eat. You know, the stuff we grew up listening to, man. Well, my daughter need to eat. And, you know, even our brother, Bella Colofi, when he first got into it, he said, you know, I try to keep mom happy because when the, it was when the st- stomach start growling and the something is something, I'm going to hurt me a person, all that stuff, you know, Bella Colofi, he's a good brother, Alhamdulillah, Bella Colofi. But, uh, you know, when you first get into Islam or whatever, you still, we, all of us, we still have some stuff with us sometimes. And so the point is, is that, um, we have to know that it's not a justification. And so let's continue on with this hadith and the point and benefits of it. We said the hadith. Now, this is an explanation of it. Wash your hands thoroughly from, or wipe your hands, we say, from even thinking about looking for provisions that are not lawful. Okay. No matter how difficult things get, don't even have it as a thought that you can go that way because we can't. Okay. Uh, and the point that we want to use as a proof of this is the hadith that I don't know if people know or if they don't know, but just in case you don't know it, I have to give it to you. The importance of why you have to get from halal, okay, or from that which is legislated and proper, okay? Yeah, ayyuhannas, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, talking to all of mankind, oh, you people, inna Allah tayyib, la yaqbulu illa tayyiba. This is one of the proofs that the scholars use to say that one of Allah's names is a tayyib Okay, there's difference of opinion, but there are different hadith like in Allah Jamil, Yuhibbu Jamal. So some of the scholars say one of his names is Al Jamil. In this situation, in Allah Tayyibun Yuhibbu Wala Yakbulu Illa Tayyiba. So they say that one of his names is a tayyib Tayyib, of course, we know because we use it. Yeah, how you doing, man? Tayyib. Tayyib is everything that's good, halal, right, righteous, okay, like this. So Allah, one of his attributes or names, and Allah knows best what it is, but for sure it's an attribute, but it could be also a name, is a tayyib all right? The one who is good. And we say what? At-tayyibatu lillah. Wa salawatu at-tayyibat. When we in tahiyat, that's what we're talking about. Everything that's good, righteous, and proper is for Allah. So he doesn't accept, accept that. When Allah amr al-mu'minina bima amra bihil mursaleen. This is an important hadith. So we're going to get through this and I'm going to do it quicker than usual because it's so important for us. He said that he commanded Allahu Jalla wa'ala. The Prophet said and Allahu Jalla wa'ala commanded the believers with the same thing he commanded the messengers with. Okay. So he says, uh, so he says, yeah, ayyuhal rusul. Talking to the messengers. He said, oh, you messengers. Kulu mina tayyibati wa'amalu saliha. Inni bima ta'amaluna alim. And I think that's in Surah Al-Mu'minun. Uh, he says, oh, to the messengers. Oh, you messengers. Eat only or consume only from that which is tayyib. Huh? And then use that energy only to do righteous actions. Consume that which is tayyib. Use the energy only to do righteous actions and know that everything that you do, I am fully aware, I have full knowledge of it. So that's your uh, motivation to make sure you only do that. Okay. And then he says to the common people or to the believers, He says, oh, you believers, eat from the tayyibat that we have given you as provisions, all right? And then the Prophet Sallallahu says, or in the hadith it says, وَذَكَرَ الرَّجُلُ And then the Prophet mentioned a man, يُطِيلُ suffer. Uh, he's in the midst of a long, difficult travel, all right? أَشْعَفْ أَغْبَرْ يَمُدُّ يَدَهُ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ 
His hair is disheveled. His clothes are all uh, tattered. Difficult travel in the middle of imagine in the middle of a desert. Not like where we go, where we travel, or we on roads or whatever, where there's a car that's going to go past and beep, beep. And like, oh, can you give me a ride? No. In the middle of a desert or where we come from in the middle of Penn's Woods, in the middle of the forest, you know, where people get lost and they're looking for them for days and can't find them. Imagine yourself in a situation like that. But the desert is better. To, to imagine, and that's what he's talking about in this situation. Why? Because in the green, you can still figure things out. People who learned how to camp and stuff like us, you can still figure out an animal to eat, some somewhere to drink, some trees to shed shade under, some leaves to eat. But in the desert, is nothing, nothing. So he's out there, hair is disheveled, clothes are tattered. Okay, His, He raises his hands into the air. Yeah, rub. Yeah, rub. Rub. People don't think about this. I have to say this very quickly. You say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. You say Yeah, rub. Do you know what rub means? They translate it to Lord. Hmm. But the idea it comes from Rabba Yurabbi, the caretaker, the nurturer, the one who takes care of you. Okay? Al Khalik al Razik al Mudabbir is what a Rub means. The one who created you in this situation, the one who gives you provisions, the one who disposes of your affairs. So when you call on him, it's like when you look at your mom when you're in trouble as a youngster and it's looking like mom, because mom is the Rubbatil Bates, then and uh, uh, the one the caretaker or the nurturer, the one who's gonna take care of you. And you look at them like I'm in need, I can't I, and they you expect them to help you. That's what you think of when you say Rub. Ya Rub, Ya Rub, calling on him sincerely as you can get in a difficult situation. The Prophet said what? Wa mat'amuhu haram, wa mashrabuhu haram, wa milbisuhu haram. He says, but his, the food that he's been eating is haram. The, clo- the things that he's been drinking from is haram. The, the clothes that he's wearing are haram. And he'd been nourished for, as it says in the explanation of it, he'd been being nourished for a long period of time with the haram. So the food, drink, and the clothes he wear, got right now, so, or had, was haram. And then for a long period of time, he'd been being nourished with haram. So how can he expect? It doesn't say a law ain't going to answer it, but it says, how can you expect an answer to that? We're going to close out with this. This is the importance of it. This man in this situation has three of the characteristics that Allah answers the du'as for. He's in the middle of travel. The du'a of the musafir is mustajab. The du'a of the person that's traveling is answered. Okay. And then he's in difficulty. Uh, 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 in this situation, the, the person Allah Jalla says, says, and uh, who, uh, uh, who is the one who answers the one who's in difficult situation? Okay, he's in a difficult situation. The one time where even the Kafirs call out, Oh Allah, and the Allah answers them. The Kufar in the middle of the situation of an ocean, and Allah says that when they call out and say sincerely, they know where to go and they know where to call, they don't be calling on nobody else. They go to God. Oh God, if you help me, how many times we've seen this in movies and everything? God, if you help me, I'll be good the rest of my life. And then, when they get to where they go, they're the ones who go back and start doing stuff they ain't supposed to do. Anyway, so two or three qualities. The first one is, is that, uh, what do we say? He's in travel. Second one, he's in dire need. 
Third one, he raises his hands. The Prophet said that Allah is shy for the person who raises his hands to him for his hands to come back with nothing in him. Okay, Sifr. Sifr. So the whole point is, is that he has these three qualities that are sure any one of them usually Allah answers dua for. But because of the fact that everything that makes him move, walk, talk, speak, breathe has been nourished by things that's haram, how can he expect a dua, whether Allah is going to answer or not? How can you expect your dua to be answered? So this is a series of making sure that we do halal, okay? We got to make sure that we get halal. Like he said, Allah who Jalla command us with the same thing he commanded the messengers with. Make sure you only consume that which is right and then make sure you only use it for that which is good. And that is the example of the bee. We'll talk about that another time. For now, this is your brother Ben Yusuf. Let's take these benefits, look at our lives, self uh, uh, or, or introspect, I guess we should say, and apply them. Till next time, Salaam Alaikum. <laughs> فَمَنِ الَّذِي يَدْعُوهَا <تصفيق>